You remember. Roll your stealth roll. Game books, pencils, pizza, cheese puffs, and a hell of a lot of dice. And the dragon woke up. Roll for initiative. This is the Roll for Initiative podcast, where 1E is the place to be. The Roll for Initiative podcast is volume 5, issue 168. I'm Vince sitting with Nick. Howdy, everybody. And Sal. Hello. Hello. So anyway, we're back with a new show this week, and we're going to uh, just say I uh, hope you've been enjoying all the shows on the network, and uh, if you like all the shows on the network, hit us up on our Patreon.com slash WGP. Listen to the new show Sal and I have been doing called Grievances. And, grievances. Uh, grievances, yes. It's been a smashing hit so far. People have really been enjoying it. Uh, if you're interested in that, you can donate to the Patreon site, and you can listen to the show as well, because it's an exclusive for donators only. So, ha. <laughs> Anyway, so let's jump right into our topic this week. Uh, Sal, what are we doing this week? We are doing the wonderful Labyrinth Lord compatible Monks of Quantum. Which, dun, is, dun, dun. which is basically yes. an Oriental Adventures uh, companion, pretty much. It is. Um, however, they give you a bang for your buck. Uh, this is completely worth it. Yeah. Um, I did not do my research because I've had, I've had this for a while. Yeah. So I did not get it from... Uh, I didn't look. I didn't go to look on uh, what I paid for it a while back, but it wasn't expensive. I know, and they give you so much in this. There's auto, auto, right off the bat, you got your solo campaign, and they they play it. You know, they explain it right out to you about. Uh, sometimes you just can't get a DM. Sometimes you can't get your group. Yeah, but you're still in the mood, so it turns into a choose your own adventure dungeon. Well, uh, pagoda. That's what they they've changed dungeons into pagodas. Um, and it, it's a dungeon generator and it gives you the, you know, the basics of what you need. Everybody's a monk. Five bucks. Yep. It's five bucks. Yeah. Like I said, it's totally worth it completely. Mm-hmm. Um, just because also I'm, I'm a fan of the Labyrinth Lord system. So anything coming out, well, I, I, I tend to pick it up. I'd like to just say before you, before you move forward, it is Labyrinth Lord, but it is AEC, so Advanced Edition yes. Companion, so we can cover this before the detective notches out there go, well, shouldn't Shave or Die be doing that? Uh, yeah, and anybody, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no no sweat, folks. It's actually compatible with any, like, old school kind of product, yeah. so. Yeah. In fact, Save or Die actually gave this to us because they were they didn't want to step on our toes, thinking this is more for first edition. So oh, they really? are a good bunch of folks. Over They're there. good fellers. They're a couple of good eggs over there. Yeah. Meh. <laughs> wow, we're gonna sick yeah, we're gonna right? sick Jim Jim Wampler after you after that comment. Jeez, <gasps> first salvo has no. been shot. Oh. Continue, Sal. Um, well, like I said, uh, right off the bat, the solo campaign stuff, it's its pretty self-explanatory. I'm not going to go into super detail because everybody here is smart enough to figure that out, what that means. If you haven't read a Choose Your Own Adventure book. You're living under a rock. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, I was going to tell you to go. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but they give you, not only that, they give you a, a source book of the, um, of the district's. Um, Which is quantum. Really detailed. And, really detailed. Yes. Yeah. Very extremely. detailed. And it's 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 
And if you don't, it, it's not like it's just it's not a bunch of text where you're like, oh, I got to read through this to know the history of this. They give you a couple history, you know, a couple of paragraphs of history for flavor, which it's so much. It's so much fun too. Um, but then the rest are tables. They give you tables mm-hmm. and charts just to kind of throw it together. So you really, if you're if you're kind of in a pinch and you just want some Asian flavor, um, and then you know you have your you have your game, and then thirty minutes later you want a game again. <laughs> No, oh. nothing. Okay. Anyway, um, hardy har har. <laughs> Enter rim shot here. <laughs> um, I do like the stuff that they give you. Um, I have personally, I took out. I'm not. I'm not a fan of animal races per se in a in a serious campaign. Oh, that's that's my personal opinion. So you know, nobody say, oh, well, that's whole. It's not the whole part of it. It's to me. I don't need them. I don't use those guys. Those are NPC stuff. Um, mm-hmm. The Kitsunes. Um, let me see. I want to make sure the uh, the races. The Kitsunes. The Bungaya, which are basically little fiery, half-naked guys. <laughs> um, the Kappas, which I don't know. Funny part number two. I just watched Kappa, the movie. with a, It's a, basically a giant beaked turtle. Oh, I never even... <laughs> Oh yeah, it's, it's it's if you're a fan of kaiju and stuff like that. So he's kind of like Gamera, but with like, uh, water funnier. on his head. Because he, oh. yeah, it's like a little bald turtle, goblinoid thing. But this thing is like 50 feet tall in the movie. But Gamera in the game, is really neat, and Gamera is he's filled meat. with turtle meat. He is. Right. We, all we all love, love Gamera. 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 Sorry, um, <laughs> yeah, So the Kappas are yes. the small little turtle guys. Um, the Kitsunes are the shape changing foxes. The Tanukis are the raccoon dogs. Okay, now you can play these as races. Mm-hmm. And the Tengu, who are the Crow Men. Everybody knows them. I love using the Crow Men as Ooh. NPCs. Did he say Crow um, Eggs? Oh, sorry. That was a good band, though, back in the day. I thought you were talking about Sliders for a minute. I, I will never talk about Sliders. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the... Uh, sorry, Sal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any heat with what's-his-name, with, with Gordy, Jordy, whatever his name is, Vern from Stand By Me, but not a good show. Anyway, um, so yeah, they give you those. They give you the nine benevolent benevolent gods. Um, they give you everything you need to run the game. Yeah. Just, just background-wise. just And you could put it together in literally ten minutes. And it's very... Um very flexible. All the different monk classes that you can make up. Mm-hmm. They even... They even uh, in the character classes section, they even say you could take your Western style adventure adventurers and kind of give them an Oriental flair by adding some of these little abilities and stuff to them. So you can, so you kind of port them over if you want to. But I, I like it because I'm not really much into the Oriental adventure stuff, campaign stuff myself. <gasps> but this kind of, I know, weird, huh? But. <laughs> You would think, I, as a historian that you are, you'd love this. I don't know. It, I always, I, it just never really grabbed me no. at first. Oh. But looking at this, I thought this was kind of interesting because, mm-hmm. um, just they have a, uh, it's, it is kind of like a mini campaign setting because you have, you have the the what well, I guess the village of Quan Tomb. Mm-hmm. So you have like a a city campaign area, and then you have the was it the Thousand Pagodas. Right, which so dungeons, you have your basically. so you have your dungeon. So it's a combination urban adventure and dungeon, all all in one nice little uh, package here. So 
That's what yeah. kind of drew me into it. See, I'm not – I would never run a full-out Oriental Adventures campaign because to me, honestly, again, I'm, I'm kind of with, with Nick on this to a point. I wouldn't want the whole world to be that. To me, that would get kind of boring right? Um, fast. So what I like doing is bringing my you know, Forgotten Realms guys, if we're going to start in Forgotten Realms, your Forgotten Realms guys, bring them over to an Asian island or bring them over to a place where there's this you know, Asian feel. Mm-hmm. It's just a different culture of the world, and to me, that's what makes the game better. That's what makes things a little interesting. Um, and in this in this particular uh, setting, they have the petty magic, magic items, which yeah. are crickets, which I, I think are so cool, like little crickets. Yeah. And they have uh, uh, what's the masks? Magic masks and magic puppets. They even have magic fortune cookies. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, like you know? the crickets thing goes into some of the lore of the of the of the culture is that they're, they were seen as, as lucky. Um, I don't know. I guess call them lucky charms. Don't yeah. okay. insert funny serial reference here. Uh, well, they actually, they actually, uh, was a town of lucky charms in, in the, in the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like automatically just, just right there. I, I to me that, that is just fodder for jokes. Yeah. So it's it, either you take stuff like that out. Just that's like a, I would take all the I took all the animals out of my campaign because you know what I don't want a raccoon hybrid man right. in my game. And if he shows up as an NPC, he'll be a memorable NPC, and everybody will be like, "Oh, remember the guy with the raccoon? Great, aha!" But to have a player do it, I would uh-huh. kill them. I would. Like, yeah, that. And also, I'm reading through some of those things. They seem a little kind of powerful. Yeah. Well. Um, I don't know if you guys remember when Oriental Adventures came out. If you ran an Oriental character in your regular setting, it yeah. seemed very overpowered. Oh, yeah. Yes, it did. Oh, yeah. And even in this game, um, they tell you to make your survivability a little easier. Up your monks to D6 instead of D4. Mm-hmm. So, like, to me, these this is this is its own setting, but you can easily tailor it to put it anywhere in your campaign. Right. It doesn't have to take over your campaign, um, but it could be a great place for them to be uh, for shops. Like to me, this is this is what this is. This is like this is the den of iniquity. This is you can buy anything here, yeah. anything illegal, anything horrible. And there's you know the mad emperor running the whole gig, but that's what how I'm using it. And if they tell you in the beginning of the book, steal what you want and they put it and they change the, the color. So you see that that's like the first thing you see when you open the book, it's like steal what you want. Exactly. Even the and book. that's, what's going to make the game so much better for you. If not, everybody likes, I don't like, I don't like Asian stuff. Uh, I don't like, you know, I don't want a, a ninja in my thing. I don't want this. I don't want that. So you take what you want, take what your players will uh, respond to. Um, the, like the character classes, they come up with variant classes, mm-hmm. which yep. again I like a lot. Um, they have the shapeshifters, swordmasters, Ronin monks, ninjas, and Kabuki. Yeah, well, disciples um, of the North Wind. And- well, see now those those are all monks. Those are all the yeah. each monk is tied to one of those nine benevolent gods. Right. So each monastic order changes for the individual. And that that makes it cool. That can that can give you a whole, you know, if you one of your PCs want to do that, and they say, okay, I want to, you know, I, I started out as a warrior, and they're just playing a plain warrior, which 
you know, great. And then they say, I want to follow the path of uh, the god of uh, the cat god. Okay, great. Terrific. And I want to learn the willow leaf style with and, and use iron claw. Okay, great. Terrific. You know, and now this has given your character purpose and possibly even if you introduce this outside of this realm, this could be the reason for your PCs to come here. Right. You know, you know, they can only find this temple in this district and that's, you know, however miles away. So make that the campaign. You can make that the game getting to this place before you even start the game. When I saw this book, I, I, I have to say, it really, really, th- I really think the authors were Legend of the Five Rings fans. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, I think. This book reminds me of the box set that came out around second, third edition called City of Lies. I don't know if you remember the box set, Sal, if you've even played it. I have never played Legend of Five Rings. Oh, really? Yeah, nobody has ever won it, ever. In any of my groups, ever, 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 ever wanted to play that. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't like the whole, you know, political Japanese type thing. So Yeah, feudal. Feudal Japan, feuding with clans and doing all the politics. It's kind of like that whole vampire thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not d and I can't steal their stuff and run away. Um, and what they give you, and this is another part... The artwork, if it okay, I, I have to caveat this. Okay, if you're not a fan of, and I'm putting the air quotes up, traditional Japanese style art, mm-hmm. okay, then you're gonna be like, oh, this this stinks. I don't like the I don't like their monster manual, the Watung Match Company monster manual. That, that was my favorite part of the whole thing. Right, I, I love that. It that's was the thing, though. But if, if that's not, if you're not into that, because everybody kind of has the big dopey Goku head, and you know, yeah. um, it's the Japanese art style, and right. it's it's a lot of fun for flavor, and it's cool if you want to, you know, you want to put that. Like for me personally, printed out the little things, yeah, and then I put those out yeah. for the players to find. Of people have have done drawings of what they've seen. Right. They don't look anything like what I've made, but that's what they drew. Well, it kind of so, goes with the, the whole idea, even with the old medieval grimoires, they drew what they thought they saw, yeah, but it was wood like... cuttings, and they did the wood cuttings. Right, and, and it was very like. exaggerated, the same sort of premise. So it's very cool that way. Um, How does one that- of my favorite monsters from the book is the Blood Golem, oh, yeah. and I've changed that out just for my game. And instead of blood, it's... it's uh, Malevolence, no. oh. and it's evil. You know, it's just a physical manifestation of this black slime. So that's this golem. But now, that's the best part of this, is everything is made to be changed in this book if you want to. I was kind of digging the, okay. the, the, the Tanwo. The dude with, like, the hands coming out of their eyes. Oh, yeah, those are freaky. Um, Number 41. Uh, let's see. I got oh. it in front of me. And the Blade Devil. I'm a big fan of him too, because I, I don't know. I find that interesting how it has like no real eyesight except for the one eye above. When the third, no, actually it has no eyes. So it's like, how the hell does it see? Unless those eyes are on its hands, I can't really tell. It'd be like Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. You know what kind of intrigued me about this is, um, like, be, we're yeah. talking about that Wong Watung monsters, the uh, matchbooks, mm-hmm. and I think I remember seeing those years and years and years ago. Like when you go to, you know, Chinese restaurants, what have you, they had the matchbooks there. But 
what really intrigued me about the monsters and also the setting was I've always kicked around an idea in my head of doing a like a um, a crossroads kind of campaign setting crossroads. where the the city or the town or wherever it may be is a huge trade center between what you might want to call east and west. So it has a mixture of all these little things from 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 both kind of settings, just a little bit of each, you know. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, this is a really good way. If some people, I I talk to other people about this, and they've like, yeah, you know, I've always wanted to do something kind of like that, you know, have the the massive trade center between the two two areas uh, uh, between the two uh, lands, and yeah. you could it just can make a huge um, interesting campaign because you're going to have some when you're talking about the monsters or in the encounters it can make some really weird stuff for because you're not doing the you know run of the mill stuff like with you know with kobolds mm-hmm. and, and and ogres and it's like the, like the very first one the the was it the baisha mm-hmm. they're good online individuals and they have powers of cure disease, remove curse, cure serious wounds. And when offered gems and pieces of silk, they might brew a precious ointment. So that's, so that's something kind of unique. They have some other amazing abilities. They can utter a powerful curse three times a day, like a 20th, seventh level cleric causing healing spells to have no more effect upon the recipient. I'm like, Damn. <laughs> yeah. My, my and thing I, in, And they can gain in D4 unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> See, now, again, like for me personally, I would take out half of that because they didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, what I did, I kind of, I low magic my game sometimes just because mm-hmm. sometimes the fantastical gets the game off track. You lose a little bit. And I know I'm going to get yelled at for it, but like you lose some of the seriousness that you're trying to get. If, oh. if depending on if you're trying to get that that mood, sometimes you you want a little a light silly mood, or you want to make it like the D and D cartoon and the wizard bumbles and oops, I came up with a giant fly out of my hat, you know that sort of thing. That's you know if you want to do that, that's cool, and there's nothing against that. Um, I don't like it. Okay, I, a lot of people don't. And right. my thing, like in in this game, I actually took the the snake folk. The snake folk are my "Quote unquote, my goblins. Mm. Oh, okay. Those are the guys who run around, and those are the guys who, you know, are the main villain. They're the minions. Um, some of them disguise themselves. Some of them, you know, they're the ones you're going to find. Um, I use the crowmen, the tengu. The tengu are all part of the mistress of death. You know, they kind of serve her on a lower, lower level, and now that gets ported over into this land." Where, you know, it's a different, it's a different God setting. They don't believe in the stuff that the people believe to the West. Right, right. So now, you know, you, you have the Raven Queen guys coming in, <clears throat> meeting these crow guys. And now you're like, whoa, hey, wait a minute. You guys are right. You know, I'm, I'm cool with you. And they're like, no, we, we have nothing to do with you. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. So it leads to, there's a lot of avenues you could lead your game in. And this this supplement just kind of opens up a lot of roads. Right. Like I was just reading the, the, uh, um, description of one of the monsters, the Chambat, which is mm-hmm. 
mixture of bat and human, and they they're blind. They rely on sonar sense. Uh, they can only be surprised on a one and a d six. Um, these guys are kind. Of, they're like two hit dice. Kind of. Uh, I guess they would fit in somewhere in the realm of like uh, bugbears or something like that, as far as mm-hmm. hit dice and stuff like that. Um, they use broadswords, maces, scale mail armor. They can fly. Um, they also can, when they strike you, uh, I guess open hand damage, they can drain one point of strength for two hours from you. Well, that's, so, the, the, yeah, the that's, blood golems do that too. They 1D, I think it's 1D6 or 1D8. Yeah. I just like having, like, they're going mm-hmm. into this weird, they, you know, they're going into this, like, my little crossroad setting, and they're maybe going through a valley, and there's these weird flying bat things that are coming down. Yeah. And one of them get, one of the player characters gets hit, and I said, and suddenly you feel just a little bit weaker. Well, I know I took something, no, not just damage, you actually feel physically weaker. And they're like, he's like, what? Yeah, you lost a point of strength. <laughs> and, and you watch how your players will just, they will lose their minds. Their minds. They're going to be because like, now they don't what know is if this permanent, thing? They don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's not in, in the average book. And they will have no idea mm-hmm. on whether or not they're going to get it back. They don't know if it's, you know, if it's a permanent loss. They don't know how, if it's going to keep going. Like, it's just, it's something that you can change up your game. Um, I've used... There's a couple other supplements too. Uh, the Purple Lands, I think it's called Yun Sween, <clears throat> and it's and then uh, the Red Mists. <clears throat> Excuse me, the uh, the Red Mist campaign book. Um, all of them, they're both Asian flavored adventures for you know old school stuff. Um, and to me, like those games, they get very in depth, and they try to change out those things of. You know, okay, goblins aren't called goblins. They're called this, but they're goblins. You know, they right. they get very in-depth with their own lore. This supplement doesn't do that. This supplement just gives you a, a base and gives you the stuff you need to fill in that skeleton. Yeah, but sand- it, it tells you, you put in what you want. It's a sandbox. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah and it's, exactly. it's actually, it accomplishes it very, very well in such a small amount of space. Over 200 pages is not really that small, but still. Well, considering, uh, like, uh, I'm, 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 I'm holding up a book to show you, Vince. <gasps> oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Thanks, Sal. Right, I'm gonna ca- I'll catch on. Uh... <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the, you know, the, the Yellow Lands book is just a thick, giant book. And for considering a source book, and you're getting a solo, a solo generator to run by yourself, and you're getting the monster manual... And you're getting the city, uh, the uh, the Lucky Charm supplement, and you know it's it's all just uh it's it's very well done. I'm a big fan of this, and I can't recommend it enough. If this is how you want to go with your campaign, if you're not, you know, if you aren't a fan of the Oriental thing, then you're going to be like, oh, this stinks. In which case, go scratch. Well, even if you another for you. even if you aren't a fan of the Oriental thing, this is perfect just to mine. It's just brand new stuff. Right. Yeah, that you probably haven't seen. It's good to throw in your players who have probably been players for 10, 15, 20 years, 40 years, whatever, however long, or maybe even brand new. It's something to throw in your game. They'll be like, well, you find this cookie. It looks like a cookie. Well, what is it? Oh, what does it do? I don't know. You can looks like you can kind of crack it open. Well, you know in real life it's a fortune cookie, but 
Your character has never seen it. Yeah, you've never seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, to me, it's like uh, all of these things just – for example, and this is such a minor, like super minor thing, to call them petty items instead of you know minor magic or you know whatever. You call them petty items. Now all of a sudden, if you were to turn around and, and kind of bring that, I guess, mechanic into your game where you have minor items that really don't affect anything – Mundane item type thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a mundane item, but it still does something. You know, like you have a fortune cookie that if you eat it, you're full for the day. But you you're gonna eat it. You know what I mean? So like, it's not gonna be one of those things that you you know your player keeps around and overpowers the game and ruins things. So like little little stuff like that is I I think it's very well done. I think they're very. I think they they were very thorough and they got it done without boring the player because I'm I personally I get bored quick especially if I'm reading and I have to read a, a history book on the history campaign of how these seven emperors came in and took the, they don't do that to you here they give you a little rundown of what what's going on and then they give you in depth later on and then they give you tables and then they give you everything you need and they do it quickly and that's I can't can't say how much I enjoy that and how much this made it really, really good to do. Sal, it's almost like you're squeeing over there. I am a little bit because I'm a fan of this. And it's like I'm saying about 90, 97% of this well, is going into my campaign. What's yeah. what's the 3% that you you don't like? Uh, the animal people. Okay, that's true. You know, yeah. I'm taking that for, out. For, non -pl for player characters. Yeah, for player right. characters. They're, they're still being NPCs. Um, I'm taking that out. Mm -hmm. Some of the, some of the god stuff. Um, I'm right. not making everybody monks. <gasps> yeah, yeah, it happens. <gasps> yeah, <gasps> you know what? I'm a maverick like that. That's what I do. <laughs> maverick. <clears throat> what a rebel. Yeah. yeah, rebel without a clue, man. And I'm probably the variant classes. They're yeah. cool. Uh, I might offer someone a ninja. Well, no, actually, a Kabuki. Okay. Um, <laughs> when I read about that, <laughs> the Kabuki, I'm like, mm -hmm. all I can picture in my head is the movie K Kabuki Man NYPD. Exactly, uh, he's awesome. <laughs> no, <I'm> just like, <laughs> wah, wah, wah. but now Vince, this yeah, is, this is you'll enjoy this. One of the things that I've brought into the game, yeah. Um, now, if see if Matt was here, oh, I miss Matt. See if Matt was here, <laughs> he would. Uh, the Great Muda. They all have that mist. Yes. These some of these temple monks, they do the mist trick. You know, uh, and I got I got the idea. I'm like, you know, obviously from, you know, the Great Muda and Kabuki. You know. And who who could blow fire, who could blow poison, who could, you know, blow, you know, sleep sleep poison, you know, stuff like that. So that's just another level of flavor added to the game. And you that, say everything I talk about goes back to wrestling in the Grievance Podcast, Sal? Listen, listen. You're no, the one that keeps this, doing it. This is your hey, fault. Hey, hey, this hey, is your fault. Hey. Yes, that's true. <laughs> I talked about it. I made you watch it. I came all the way from Texas to Pennsylvania, twisted your arm, turned on Monday Night Raw, and said, Shao, you're going to watch this now. You know, I just wanted to relate to you more, Vince, so you'd love me. Aw. See? Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back to our regular scheduled <laughs> podcast. Oh yeah, Nick is still here. <laughs> yeah, Nick, I am. Hey, Nick, what's up, buddy? <laughs> hey, oh yeah. So, all right, Nick. <laughs> Actually, um, one of the things yeah. I was going to bring up is like because I 
my favorite part of this is the monster section. I, I, I keep on going back to it. And another thing I wanted to bring up about it was how yeah, there are some of the monsters here that they kind of make that they, that they took and they kind of made a link to their Western counterparts. For example, there is a greater three headed harpy, which yeah, uh-huh. I is nasty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a very nasty creature, um, and I, and I love that. That's something you can even add into your regular campaign, but kind of gives it a weird, <clears throat> even a weirder, myst- more mysterious flair to it. Is they're going to add some sort of Oriental variant of the harpy in your regular campaign? There's also another one. The oh yeah, the, this one would scare the bejesus out of my uh, uh, character, uh, my uh, players, because they are literally scared to death of Sturges are the man Sturges <laughs> combination of man and Sturge. So, I mean, yeah, they're only two hit dice, but yeah, they got the bloods, the draining blood for D six points See, per round. Your players so, don't know. They don't know how many yeah, hit points you know, guys got because it's something new. Yeah, they see something that looks like a man. He's carrying a sword, but he's got a weird head with kind of a beak on it. And next thing you know, he, you know, jabs you right in the chest and starts sucking blood out of you. Then they're going, "What is this, man, Sturge?" Ha! So, (laughs) I I like that. I think the there's the Oriental dwarves. I think they kind of made a. I don't know. I don't think they said they're related to their to the to the Western dwarves at all, but. I guess Again, you could them that yeah, way. It doesn't matter a lick. If you want to do it, you can. If not, who cares? Yeah, it's very. It's very modular. Yeah, or here's one. Another one I liked the Pakua Cobalt. Here's mm-hmm. another. One. It's it's basically the Chinese or Japanese version of your Cobalts. You know, they're a little bit different. They have a more of a, a mysterious Oriental flair to them. So they're. Uh, so they they said they are close cousins of Varts and like them can speak Cobalt Goblin in their own language, an Oriental version of Western Vart. So I varted. <laughs> I varted. <laughs> Is that like sharding? It, it kind of a little bit. Like little little men come out of your backside. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, but creepy, what was yeah. one of the things I liked in the whole monster thing? Is like. It's like they took something familiar on some of them and put a twist onto it by using the the matchbook pictures, and that right. I thought was very uh, original, and uh, I I love it. That's so cool. And uh, as for a little DM tip for people who use minis, um, and I know we we actually don't really cover this a lot, but um, what I did, I turned around, I took uh, Hero Clicks, and I took the uh, Mandarin. I got a couple Mandarin figures, and I got a couple of uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Wang Wang yeah. characters. Yeah, um, he said Doctor Strange's assistant, not the other one. Whoa! And, hey. and I got a couple ninjas, and I basically just rebased them, and they fit. They make everything completely different when you break these characters out. And normally, you have everybody, you know, just their armor and the swords, and then you have this guy in the green robe show up, and you're like, oh, okay. And then you have this other guy standing there with the Kung Fu outfit on. And then you have the ninjas. It adds flavor to your table if you're using minis. And literally, I paid $2, $3 for seven minis, eight minis, just because they're cheap. They're, they're hero clicks and they're, the characters stink, so nobody uses them. So, but they fit into this, this campaign perfectly. Yeah. So that's just a little if – you, if you guys oh. use minis, I know a lot of people don't. I do. I like them. 
they're theater of the mind people. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're obviously not creating. Like, oh. Oh, I got. Oh, no. Oh, I, I get, get blasted for all my miniatures. I post about minis and I get blasted because people are like, oh, I don't use minis. I don't use a, I don't use a DM screen either. Okay, fine. Oh, I'm I sorry. hate those people. Well, that, hey. I hate those people. I roll out in the open. It's yeah, like, okay. It's great, dude. It's what right. I'm going to tell you. Well, I don't use Does minis. Does it make you more superior, you know? Yeah. Grab, your DM, minis, grab your okay? DM dice, get behind the screen, and be a man, and be a real DM, and that's how it's supposed <laughs> to be. Sorry, pal. <laughs> that's how it but was yeah, meant so, to be. Uh, this, I can't, I, you know... I'm not sure though. What's the what's the ratings around here? You guys do what? Dragon eggs or what? The hell dragon you eggs. Dragon <laughs> eggs. Yeah, in, Sal, in Sal's honor, let's do dragon eggs this week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just for you. Let's make this dragon eggs this week. One, one five dragon eggs. So awesome. All right, so uh, Nick, we'll start with you. How many dragon eggs? <laughs> how many? How many dragon eggs? Yes. Hmm. Five oh, dragon eggs. Five being on, a, the best. on a range of one to five? <laughs> yes, five being the best. Awesome. I will give it four. Four dragon eggs. Four out of five. Even right. though I'm not a huge fan of the Oriental Adventures type of stuff, I see a lot of stuff here that I can mine for to, to bring an unusual flair. Because, you know, for me... You got some jaded players who, you know, they've seen it all, done it all. But if you introduce some of these things like the Tan Wu, which is a grossly distorted undead minion of primordial chaos, and they have little eye stalk, uh, little, what's it, arms growing out where their eyes should be, and that's where their hands are, uh, hands are going, holding their eyes. <laughs> these little nasty little buggers. Um, yeah, you know, you can add some of these things to a regular campaign if you want to. If this is what you would do, which I probably would. So, yeah, this is a great resource for me to mine for other ideas and kind of plop them into a current campaign. That's how I kind of looked at it. But, yeah, I mean, if you want to go full on, you know, crouching tiger, hidden dragon sorting thing. Yeah, go for it. Or Cylon like Nick. Anyway. uh, (laughs) Cylon? Yeah, you, you turn Cylon on like us, so. Um, oh, I just revealed my secret self. So. <gasps> All right, world, Sal, world, how, how many dangerous. how many dragon eggs for you? <laughs> Out of five dragon eggs, I would go four and a half because I really I found everything useful in this. So you killed a dragon. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Such a bad man. Why am I a bad man? Because you killed the dragon. How did I kill the dragon? It's a half an egg, so that means you bursted open one and killed the dragon. Maybe it's just a small dragon. You don't know. No. No. <laughs> or maybe it wasn't done cooking, so you don't know. What? So, yeah, the uh, the hell happened? I don't know. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's the Grievances <laughs> podcast all over again. <laughs> I will uh, definitely say four and a half eggs because this was uh, this was really good. I, I Like I said, there was barely anything that I want to change. The stuff that I did, I did. You know, I ported it out, but it's plug and play. They, the guys did this right, whoever did this. Um, I, I just had, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, anyway. <laughs> the, uh, <clears throat> Sal, Sal credibility out the window. Hey, well, yeah, I, you know what, because I had it up on the, I had it up on my screen, uh-huh. and now it's, it's gone. Yeah. So, uh, anyway. Like, like Sal's, the, like Sal's wrestling career, career, it's gone. Gone. Absolutely yeah. gone. Gone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so for me, I'm going to rate this a 5 out of 5. 
Ooh, I nice. absolutely love it. I absolutely adore it. I'm a big fan of Oriental Adventures, as you know, Nick, from the past. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of Legend of the Five Rings. I like what they did here. I like the, the uh, at least to me, the nods to Legend of the Five Rings. I mean, if they didn't do it and they have no clue about Legend of the Five Rings, they're like, oh, it's a happy coincidence, then fine. Whatever. That's I'm sweet. still happy. I enjoy the artwork because they kept it flavored with the Oriental Adventures slash, you know, Japanese type slash Oriental. Oh, wait, mm-hmm. Isn't Oriental a bad word? Uh, never mind. No, Oriental no, is not. the people. No, Oriental is the rug and art. <laughs> Asian is the people. That's what, that's how it worked. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that after the show. But anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I really enjoyed it. Uh, I like to read. I like the solo adventure. I actually played through it just to see how it worked out, and I had a lot of fun. I'm actually gonna go through it again just to see the uh, just pick you know how you go through, choose your own adventure like 700 times yeah. when you were a kid. When I have some more time, I may go through another time or two just to see what happens. So, yeah. Uh, so just also, I want to correct myself. Make Kabuki Kaiser is the Kabuki Kaiser. Kabuki Kaiser. He's the credited author here. But this was just actually, I I, I really can't tell you enough how how much I like this. This was great. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely five dragon eggs uh, in Sal World and uh, regular RFI rating. It'd be five swords. Okay, it's oh it was five swords. Okay, see that's that sounds a little bit better than the eggs though. Five it katanas. Is, uh, there, look at that. Right, uh, Nick's uh, on board. Uh, it is Patrice Kabuki Kaiser Crespi <laughs> is is the author. Crespi, okay. Yeah, Patrice Crespi, okay. Yep. And uh, I just kudos to them, man, because they hit it out of the park with this. Big fan, and I I, I would cool. like to see a lot more of this. Well, they have another uh, supplement if you read the back Adventure of the book, Island, right? Adventure Island looks like one of those little kind of like survival type things when you just throw everybody on the island and you got to survive type things. It's another sandbox adventures. Yeah, yeah, looks really good. I was actually thinking about picking it up yeah, if I could find it. What does it say? A five stars wilderness sandbox campaign and D and D theme park for hopeless characters. Yeah, yeah, hopeless. So you got that guy with like you rolled. He's got a five constitution and seven intelligence and eight strength. This yeah. is where you go. This is where he goes. All right. See, I'm looking it up now and drive through um, because that's again this. If if this is any indication of what these guys do, I would. I would probably pick up everything they put out because I'm a fan of how they handled it. Oh, Sal just went into fanboy territory. Listen, I, I'm I, a total fanboy for that. I'm stuff. just telling it like it is, man. Because you since, know why? A lot of people will say, "Oh, I like this and this and that," but I'm telling you, this is absolutely well done. And if somebody put this much time and work into something, oh wow, I give them I give yeah. them full blown credit. It's not Sal. easy, you know. You write, it is. you write for people. Sal, you are you are marking out for them, man. I'm doing my job as a reviewer. <laughs> I'm trying to give them their just due. Their just dessert. Um, I didn't want to use that cliche. Oh, okay. Their due diligence. How about that? Their due diligence. Yeah, they did a fabulous ah. job. I suggest uh, heading over to RPG now or drive through RPG, looking up this title. Paying the $5 if you have a credit or just throwing a $5. So worth it. Worth so, it. so worth Pick it. up all their other supplements and uh, hopefully they uh, get a hold of this podcast and listen to the review and uh, maybe 
send it out to other folks who are on the fence about it. You know, maybe some people are like, eh, maybe you don't want to buy it. It's not that cool. Yeah. Maybe I look it up on Torrent. Let me tell you something. If you go and steal this, instead of paying $5 for it, I will hunt you down and kill you and your Sal. family. What? Wild Games Productions does not condone any actions <laughs> by Sal. Give him your five bucks. It's totally worth it. That's all I'm saying. Is five dollars worth the life of your family? Sal E. Graziano. <laughs> oh wait, wrong name. Sorry. <laughs> no, he can, he's in trouble. That's fine. Oh, get we'll, him in trouble. We'll okay. Get him in trouble. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Let them try to find him. Right. He's a jackass anyway. Yeah. Total FBI. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and again, derail. what the hell happened? I don't know. What the hell happened? So anyway, uh, we're gonna call it issue one sixty-eight for volume number five. Uh, Peace, love, and gaming. What he got though? Laters. This podcast is brought to you in part by a not very generous grant from Lesser Gnome, publisher of quality role-playing games since last year. Gnomes value high-minded programming just like you. Learn more at their website at www.lessergnome.com. Are you enjoying the show you're listening to right now? Want to help support the show? Why not head over to the Patreon site, patreon.com slash WGP. That's patreon.com slash WGP. And help support the network for as little as $1.50 a month. A dollar fifty a month goes a long way. Thank you. of Wild Games Productions in association with d20radio.com. You can visit us at rfipodcast.com or contact us on our forums at osrgaming.org or even by calling us at 570-865-4210. This podcast is produced for entertainment purposes only. All other uses are prohibited. And remember, if your magic missile spell doesn't automatically hit, you're playing the wrong edition. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Roll for Initiative. Roll for Initiative.